Despite popular opinion, you don't need a million dollars to be financially free. Today, we'll go over how you can create a financial independence plan that fits your family and is actually fun. Welcome to Simplify and Enjoy, the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence. I'm your host, El Martinez. This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankbetter.org. Simplify and Enjoy is about families working towards financial freedom using core ideas from financial independence and minimalism. But how does that work in times like these? Can we take this foundational question that we've talked about in an earlier episode, finding your FI number, and actually craft a plan for a family now going through the pandemic? Let's be honest. Depending on where you are with your own financial journey, the pandemic could have shifted things in so many different directions for you. I think it's reasonable to acknowledge that a family who's carrying debt like car payments or student loans is going to experience things much differently than a family who's paid off their non-mortgage debt and are using that money to invest. So how do you create that path for these different families? Is it possible to work towards financial freedom and perhaps independence during times like these? First, let's start off with the good news. You don't need a million dollars or more to achieve financial freedom. In fact, with some planning, you can really open up a lot of options for your family in a relatively short amount of time. And you know what? It can be rewarding and enjoyable. I want to show you how. In this episode, we're going to get into making financial independence approachable by doing it in phases, the key numbers to watch, and then how to craft a plan that fits your family. So we're going to start off with some concepts, but then get into some real numbers so you can see how the process works. Are you ready? Let's get started. One of the biggest barriers families have with tackling financial independence is the feeling that it's an all or nothing deal. You have to go all in until you hit that number and then you quit the job that you hate and never have to work again. And for some people, that's their path but it doesn't have to be yours. You can approach your finances through levels or phases. With each phase, you can adjust your plans based on what's currently going on and give yourselves more options to improve your quality of life now, bit by bit. And if I had to break it down to the most basic stages, I would say that families typically progress from financial stability, then financial agency, and then finally financial freedom. There was an intriguing idea I picked up from City Frugal that really clicked for me. It's switching from this idea of, do we have enough, to, do we have enough to? Small change, but makes a big difference. Enough is this nebulous term that can be hard to pin down, but enough to can allow you to get a number, even if it's just a ballpark. And it also gets you into this mindset of money serving a purpose rather than being the goal. So let's look at finances through that lens, enough to, and then line them up with some big milestones that families typically strive towards. The first phase would be 
having enough money to cover the bills. It might seem like an obvious goal, but many families are now experiencing hardship because they realize with even a small drop of income that they are not able to pay you their bills. So that would be one of the first phases. The second is having enough money to ride out a financial emergency. Look, no one could have anticipated this global pandemic, but the truth is emergencies do happen to all of us. So this would be the stage and phase where you're trying to build up a financial cushion. So those two are focused on financial stability. Let's get into financial agency. The third phase is having enough money to start investing. Now we're gaining some margin. You're able to cover your bills. You do have money that you can put towards building your financial cushion a bit more or paying down your debt. It's not a bad spot to be in, but there's still more phases that you can continue with. Number four is having enough money to switch careers, negotiate, or pivot. And here is where quality of life starts becoming more of a factor. You're not just trying to survive, but now you're opening up some options. You're feeling a little bit more secure and confident that when you do come up for a promotion, you can push back maybe a little bit more for better pay or better benefits. And if you don't get it, you also feel comfortable enough that you can walk away and maybe look for another opportunity. And using this current pandemic as an example, there are families out there that are really struggling with the decision to stick with work because they need the income or to play it safe, either push back with their bosses on remote work or trying to find ways to modify the work to be safer. When you're in this phase of financial agency, you're starting to really see how money can be a tool for you to have more options instead of letting your finances dictate what you have to do. Now, with these last two stages, we're talking about different forms of financial freedom. The first one is having enough money where saving more is optional. You've done really well. You've set aside money that you can invest towards a traditional retirement. So now you can decide, do we want to go all in and speed up the date? Or are you looking for more quality of life choices? Perhaps you enjoy parts of your work, but the company itself is pushing too hard. They're being unreasonable with their demands. Or you want to have more time for your kids and your work is not allowing you to do that in its current form. Or let's say that you want to volunteer more either at your kid's school or around the community. At this stage, you can decide to slow down. In terms of the financial independence space, some would say that you've reached Coast FI, which is basically at the point where you have invested enough to meet your regular retirement goal. And so you may decide to cut back on work to the point where you're only focused on getting enough to cover your current expenses, which frees up so many different options. And then the last one, this is where people really focus on when they're talking about financial independence. It's where you have enough money to decide that work is completely optional. You can live off the money that you have saved and invested and you're covered. Now, of course, this list isn't meant to cover every single point and phase, but I wanted to give you a guide of the progression a family can make as they gain more control with their finances. 
Last week, we talked about credit scores. For some, it's the main number that they focus on. And while your credit score can affect your finances, it's not really a key metric to hone in on. At best, it gives lenders an idea of how likely you'll pay them back. In the grand scheme of things, you're better off putting your energy towards numbers that give you a picture of your financial health. And as you're working through financial stability, agency, and freedom, you'll see a few crucial numbers keep popping up. They're your net worth, your cash flow, and your savings rate. So let's just talk a little bit of how those can really help you move through the phases. So that first phase, having enough to cover the bills, your priority is making sure that you can take care of those bills. So you're going to be looking at your cash flow. How much are you losing or bringing in at the end of the month once all the bills are paid? And within that cash flow number, you're going to be honing in on essential expenses. How much money do you typically need each month to provide the essentials and stay current on your bills? Then as you move to that second phase, having enough to write out an emergency, again, your cash flow is going to be important, but then you're also going to be saying, how much are we saving? What is our saving rate? I admit at the beginning, it's going to seem too small to make a difference, but tracking your savings rate is worth it because as you're improving with your finances, you'll be growing that. And then you can use that money for goals like building up your financial cushion, paying down debt or investing. Which brings us to our third phase, having enough money to invest. Now that you have some financial stability, you're probably going to be paying more attention to your net worth. And your net worth is simply all the assets that you have. It could be your house value, your cars, any savings or investments that you have. And then you subtract the liabilities, the mortgage on your house, if you have a car, student loans, And then that number that remains is your net worth. Look, when we started tracking our money, our net worth was definitely in the negative, but it was good to have that number because it gave us a fairly objective idea of our financial health and what we needed to work on. And then now with your cash flow, you're going to be looking at opportunities to optimize your expenses even further and decide, is this a keeper expense that I enjoy or could I be better using this for investing or some other financial goal? And then the next phase is having enough money to switch to careers, negotiate, experiment. I don't know what you want to call it, but having that confidence and stability that you can push back and open up some more options. So your net worth is going to be important. You're still tracking the progress that you're making. You want to make sure that your cash flow is healthy and that your savings rate, are you cranking it up? If you get a raise or an opportunity to make more money, is a percentage of that going towards savings? And now we're getting into the area of financial freedom. And while the numbers are still going to matter, your net worth, your cash flow, your savings rate, you're going to notice that you're going to be making decisions less on the numbers per se, like how fast you can reach FI and more of quality of life. So like I mentioned earlier, you're going to reach a point where you may decide that you want to take your foot off the pedal. You're not trying to save as much as possible or make as much money as you can because you have some other priorities, more personal priorities. Could be your family, could be volunteer opportunities. 
whatever it is, you decide that you want to improve your quality of life rather than just chase after the money. And then finally, with that last phase, having enough money where work is optional, you're basically just maintaining and keeping your savings rate at a sustainable rate and hopefully enjoying the life that you have. Now, what you've probably noticed, both when I was describing and talking about the key numbers to watch, is that there's a lot of overlap with these phases. It's not this neat transition between one into the next. But it does give you an idea that as you are able to get that financial stability, you can really begin to make these decisions that are based on your family's goals and interests. Remember, we're not chasing money as the goal. We're trying to build a life that we love and just using our finances as a tool. All right, so we kind of went over the different phases that you can go through as you journey towards financial freedom or independence. And then we got into some of the numbers to watch. So how do you create your own FI plan for your family? Let's kind of go through the process to give you an idea. The first thing I would suggest is to talk it over as a family and define what kind of lifestyle you're going for and getting a really rough estimate of the annual expenses. And it's okay if you don't have an anchor point, you can use your own spending. Would you say that you're pretty happy with things? Now take a step back. Imagine that you had no debts. You don't have to pay the student loans or the car loans and you don't even have a mortgage. How would that affect your financial needs and expenses? It's interesting because at this point, some families realize that just the debt payments alone are hindering them from reaching the lifestyle that they want. But let's keep going. Now, take that amount that you feel is reasonable for a year and multiply it by 25 to get your ballpark FI number. So if you need 30,000 a year, that's gonna be 750,000. If your family needs 40,000 a year, that's a million need to be saved in the bank. 80,000, two million. 100,000 a year, two and a half million. So as you can see, cutting out needless expenses can be a huge win, not only now, but down the line with how much that you need to save. Now it's time for some analysis and reflection. If you haven't already, look at your annual expenses for the last couple of years. I'll include in the show notes some great tools that can help you get that information quickly and easily. But what you want to look for is where are you in those phases that we mentioned? Are you financially stable or do you have some wiggle room with your cash flow so that you can save and invest some? Now do this exercise, please. Take away all of your debt payments. If these were gone, how much would you need now? As we've discussed plenty times on the podcast, it's definitely a smart money move to go through your expenses and see where you can lower them. But please keep in mind, you don't want to compromise your quality of life. Sure, you can live on the bare minimum, but it wouldn't be enjoyable or healthy. And that's really not a sustainable plan for a family. Let's say that you can pay the bills, but you're worried about being able to write out an emergency like the one we're having now. How much is enough to be able to do so? So because you define the enough to, you can create a budget that fits your more immediate goal of getting that financial stability and have you working towards that long-term FI goal. 
I hope you can see how these questions can help you come up with a personal plan. But I know all of us love to kind of swap stories and ask questions. So if you want to talk about this more, please reach out to our free and private Facebook group, Thriving Families, and join us. We're all about encouraging each other with our goals and helping each other out. You can go to simplifyandenjoy.com slash FB. We hope to see you there. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions about crafting your own family's plan, I'll have the resources you need in the show notes over at Simplify and Enjoy. You can also be a part of our community where you can get the latest podcasts, posts, videos, and more sent to you. It's free and it's fun. Just head over to simplifyandenjoy.com slash join. And if you'd like to get a customized financial plan, please connect with our partner, Coastal Credit Union's Wealth Management Team. Their team will help you get your finances aligned with your family's personal money goals. You can get started at simplifyandenjoy.com slash coastal wealth. Speaking about investments and financial plans, next week on the podcast, we're talking about the market. With the market not seeming to match what we see around us, how can we be smarter investors? We'll dive into mistakes to avoid and key things that can make you a wiser investor. So if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe. You don't want to miss out on the episode. We're on iTunes, Radio Public, and Spotify. Our music today was from Lee Rosevere and Artists from Audio. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for your support. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.